0: We went on some crazy tangents. <laughs> some really weird sleep-deprived tangents. I'm sure we won't do that this week. Hi, <laughs> Welcome to Who <Lo> Nessie. <laughs> Welcome to Whoa <Lo> Nessie. <laughs> yay. I think that's gonna be a thing now. I think I did that in both of the previous episodes. What it said yay, Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of what you have to say It's just my response to our awesome podcast. Love it. I'm Jade. (laughs) I'm Amelia. Hello. (laughs) And this is our podcast. Yes. We talk about cryptids. And beasts. And mythological creatures. And whatever we feel like it. Yes. Alright, so I guess we are going to start off with a listener question this time. Yes, we got a listener question on Twitter, at Wonessie. Okay, so this week's listener question is from Antonio. At Yoda Species, <laughs> or like that, <laughs> on Twitter. I like your name, Antonio. Uh, and the question is: If you could spend one year as a monster slash creature, which one would it be? This question we've been thinking about for. However many days ago it was that I first read this question. <laughs> okay, so you should have a, like, really nailed-down answer then, right? No. <laughs> it's really tough. First it is of a all, hard question. The word creature is very vague and includes lots of different things. Yeah, I feel like it can just be, like, whatever. Whatever. Yes. Do not limit yourself. All right, well, the answer is I don't actually have a set-in-stone <laughs> answer. Okay. But could I be, like, an animorph? Could I Ooh. be, like... Somebody who has the ability to turn into whatever animal I touch, because that technically counts as a creature. I'll allow it. (laughs) I like that, yeah. Yes. Except I wouldn't be the kind that touched a fly and turned into a fly, because who does that? (laughs) That's disgusting, and it seems like, would you potentially die like a fly, in however many days it takes for a fly to die after a Oh my gosh, blind. that's a good question. Or would you still have a human lifespan within the fly? Asking the big Animorphs questions, I respect that. I didn't really read Animorphs, but I did watch it. I was, I just saw the covers at the Scholastic Books sale every year, and they kind of scared me. They were a little weird. I didn't want to read them. It's always that middle, that middle picture there on the cover. Yeah, that's a little too- creepy. Uh-huh. Especially on the fly one. I think that one <laughs> really traumatized level. me. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that would be what I would be. Because I Okay, I'm, so then you could turn into different creatures, is that how that works? Yes. But I know that in Animorphs they had to touch the thing or the animal that they wanted to be able to turn into. That So was, you couldn't turn into say the Loch Ness monster unless you could touch the track her down and yes. touch her. Okay. They would sneak into the zoo and touch <laughs> wild animals. But also That sounds very dangerous. And, yes. But I think they also just had a good relationship with animals or something. Okay. There was something that they were that allowed them to be safe when they did it where it was like the animals had this like understanding with them. That's a very jade thing. That's a good jade power. I like it. I think that's that what sense. I would go with. As long as I had the ability to uh, not get killed by the animal that I chose <laughs> yes. to turn into. Because it would be awesome to be a tiger. Yeah, and you have access to touching tigers. Uh, yes, kind of. More than the average more person. More than the average person. I yes. believe that is true. <laughs> I've taken care of many tigers. You have been closer to a tiger than I have been, certainly. Yes, that is very true. So, Okay. I'd cool. be an anamorph. Animorph is a good answer. I was not thinking quite so out of the box. I was thinking sort of standard cryptid creatures. So I was thinking Bigfoot maybe, because then I could just like <laughs> sneak up on campers and scare them. I love how you're currently doing the arm <laughs> pose that is in the very classic, a uh, very classic photo of so Bigfoot. The Bigfoot pose, everybody knows. But yeah, that that, you run the risk of getting shot if you're Bigfoot though because I feel like people like go out and hunt for Bigfoot and that's not a thing that I'm about and I also have to eliminate anything where I have to like eat like hunt and eat people definitely know or any really anything I don't I don't like that so I'm thinking maybe unicorn ah yes unicorns eat yeah I don't actually know what unicorns eat but presumably like herbivores yeah and horse type foods uh-huh and they're freaking magical and beautiful and rainbowy and, and very you... lisa frank and nobody would try to kill me Very lisa frank exactly <laughs> uh-huh. my mom got she does those ipsy uh those bags where you get the cosmetics in a little bag for ten dollars every month and she got a lisa frank (gasps) brush and it has a handle and it's got the lisa frank unicorns on it and little hairs on it are white with little pink tips on it i'm so into that i know i loved it but i also don't really wear makeup like that so i gave it to my friend who was when i told her about it was so freaking excited (laughs) it's in the right place it went home it did okay so you'd be an animorph (laughs) And you could. (laughs) And I don't even. I didn't even watch or read it that much. I don't know why those specific memories of that show. Well, it's a good power set because you could change out of it and you could change into multiple things. I feel like that's a very good choice. Being as indecisive as I am, I think it sort of suits Mm -hmm. me. And I would be a magical ass narwhal horse. Yes. Would you be like a Harry Potter type unicorn, you think? Huh. Those were. A little less fun than the standard, like My Little Pony magical sparkles <laughs> unicorn. Were, right. And people were trying to kill those for their blood too. So I, I avoid the Harry Potter. Yeah, unicorn. they didn't really. They didn't really delve into unicorns that much. Yeah, I also, wanted more unicorn. How did knowledge. they get all the unicorn hair for the wands? Like farm that them. That is a good question. Did they just find them on the ground? Is Ollivander poaching unicorns? He no. was kind of a creeper, oh, no. I would believe it. No, he was such- I He think, was creepy. I think he had a good- <laughs> He was just one of those eccentric- Wasn't he a Death Eater? Girl. I feel like he was a Death Eater. I don't remember- I don't think so. Are we gonna talk about Harry Potter every single episode? We probably should. <laughs> no, I think- I don't think he was, because I think- I don't know. If my Harry Potter friends ever listen to this podcast- <laughs> They're going to be really disappointed well, in me. Well, then they can explain to us what we got wrong and it'll be helpful. Yeah. Somebody tweeted us and tell us if Ollivander was evil or not. <laughs> yeah. Also, we are aware that Dumbledore is not several hundred years old. We yeah, get Dumbledore is Thank only you. like 115 <laughs> or something. I should know what it is now because i for sure looked it up it was we like 1 30 maybe oh, well we'll talk about that the next episode then <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that's that was yeah, a good thanks question for your question antonia <laughs> it was kind of a hard one it's fun to think about yay so yeah if you have a listener question of any sort uh you can tweet at us at Nessie or you can email us at wonessiepod at gmail.com Please do. I don't think we've gotten any emails yet. We haven't gotten any emails yet, and I should probably like double check to make sure that I have it set up in my inbox because we might have like seven and I just didn't check it. I don't know. I haven't been checking it either. (laughs) It's supposed to go to my regular email. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, well, that was a good question. Yeah. Um so I guess it's time to announce the beast of the week. Drum roll. I'm not gonna actually do a drum roll because that would be very bad um audio wise but imagine we definitely did it in the first episode though yeah and it was real bad (laughs) i kind of liked it it didn't sound anything like drums but it was it was nice Uh it was okay i had to fix that audio quite a bit though (laughs) let's not do that then okay yeah the beast of this episode is jackalope jackalope so yeah i should probably do a disclaimer that amelia had a capital w week And did not do any research for this episode. And then, so Jade's going to be the jackalope expert. And by expert, we mean somebody who just read a bunch of different websites uh, (laughs) in the last few days. So I'm going to be the audience surrogate, and we're going to see what we can get done on this jackalope thing. It will be a new style of formatting for this episode. It's going to, we're going to stumble our way through this. It's going to be great. So uh, look forward to being somewhat educated and also probably a little bit confused. (laughs) All right, so what is a jackalope? Well, yes, my only familiarity with jackalopes is seeing fake stuffed jackalopes in, like, Texas Roadhouse. Fake or real? Have you seen... Well, yeah, this is the question. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I definitely used to think that jackalopes were, like, for sure a confirmed creature. They are not a confirmed creature. They are a cryptid. But we're going to delve into that a little bit because I have some fun facts for you about oh, that. Oh, fun, okay. But I, I do agree. I have seen them stuffed. It's basically... I guess there are probably people who don't really know how common they are in places that we go to, seeing as how we're from the southern U.S. Yeah, and I think we're from Jackalope Territory. Yes, and well, there are some, like, Midwestern states, too, where it's pretty prevalent, Okay, I don't see a lot of them, and I... I know you said you saw some at Texas Roadhouse, but... And just, like, restaurants like that that are supposed to be folksy and have a bunch of, like, crab up on the walls. Yeah. I feel like that that's a good place to see a stuffed jackalope. Yeah, I haven't seen one in a while that I can re- remember. And okay. I've been to a lot of antique stores, too, and I think that's some place you'd probably see a lot of them, but I don't think I've seen any any recently. If I saw a stuffed jackalope at an antique store, that sucker would be in my house. <laughs> you would buy <laughs> 100%, that? 100%, yes. I My thing about... Well, first... I'm not, like, totally against hunting because I get it, but I can't fathom killing an animal nor cutting its head off and mounting it on a wall. And yeah, then, taxidermy's kind of messed up. <laughs> and then having to dust it. Okay, no, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> um, I think about a lot of things, um, whether I want to put them in my house or not, based on having to dust it and what that's going to be like. That is very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's a jackalope? It's uh, basically, it's a little fluffy bun <laughs> uh, or a hare with big old antlers of some kind. Uh, There have been many kinds over the years and just lots of different representations of them. Um, Most often they're portrayed as hares with uh, either pronghorn deer antlers or as many jackalope taxidermy mounts have, just regular deer, and I will get into a little bit of the difference in those as well. Okay, yes, because I don't know anything about deer horns. I'm not a huntress. Yeah, and it's been a <laughs> while, but it took me back to like studying for mammalogy whenever I was reading okay. a lot of into this, because there is a difference between a bunny rabbit and a hare. Because I have a domesticated rabbit. You do. As a pet, her name is Bailey. Yes. And that is not the same thing as like little cottontails that we see hopping around in our neighborhood sometime, and it's not the same thing as a jackrabbit. Yes, it's So not. they're all different types of rabbits. Yes. And I always assumed that jackalope was supposed to be a mixture between a jackrabbit and antelope, but I guess that's just where they got the name. Yes, but I have a little bit of explaining to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, yes, you're right. Jack, jackrabbit and antelope is another portmanteau, which... Is I love portmanteaus. Probably one of my favorite words now that we've started doing yeah, this Yeah, mostly and because of use. the word for the thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, um, jackrabbit and antelope, but a jackrabbit is not a hare. A hare is not a jackrabbit, or not a rabbit. Okay, a jackrabbit is a term for a hare, <laughs> but hares are not rabbits. Oh, okay. And antelopes uh, are not deer. Yes. Or pronghorns. Pronghorn antelopes are not antelopes. They're oh. deer. I'm being very confusing right now. Oh, okay. So the the biggest issue is that these are all just words that are very confusing, <laughs> and <laughs> yes. that uh, people just have different colloquial terms for these animals. So bunny originally was like a term for a young rabbit, I think, okay. and so it just kind of evolved into this okay you can call a rabbit a bunny or a bunny a rabbit or a bunny rabbit like how you can call a grown dog a puppy if they're a good good puppy <laughs> <laughs> exactly so uh jackrabbits are not rabbits they're hairs hairs okay. tend to be larger th- than rabbits with longer hind legs and longer ears with black markings okay so what's the what's the like overall term like uh Rectangle isn't a square, but a square is a rectangle. What's the biggest term for well, they're all rabbit-like creatures. They're all a part of like lagomorph, which is I think an order. Lagomorph. Okay. Let me, let me get this back up again. So, <laughs> because again, I we had to when I was in mammalogy in school, we had to uh, identify mammals based on their skulls, and then had to know their uh, taxonomy up to like order. So we'd have to know order, fam, order, phylum. family phylum goes bigger genus? than order genus species it goes i think it goes order family genus species okay and i used it's been a while there's some kind of um what is that called mnemonic device to remember oh, that i'm sure can I we just... acknowledge the fact that i know the word phylum though yeah i'm really Oops. impressed <laughs> yeah it goes king i think it goes king philip so kingdom phylum what did i say after that order uh, whatever okay <laughs> people are gonna be really interested in this I'll look it super up. fascinating. Okay so <laughs> so they're all lagomorphs and rabbits and hares and jackrabbits are just like different type. Is it like canine and then like dogs and wolves? Yes. And, okay. Yes. That's exactly what it's like. Um, but the main the main difference between rabbits and hares is that hares are the ones that you see, and you picture them, and you see them a lot of times in, like, the big open savanna, like, field areas, and then a lot of the times you see them in the snow as well, and they're white. Okay. So they're, they're ones with the, like, really big ears and long legs. Yes, hares and are. kind of bigger? Okay. Yes. They're larger with longer hind legs, longer ears, and black markings, um, and hares, they're color changes from brown or gray in the summer to white in the winter oh. and they also live uh they make nests like above ground where rabbits or bunnies they're smaller and fluffier and their fur doesn't change color at all and they are more rounds and they have little dens oh, are you getting that word warrens <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> like term. from watership down <laughs> which i tried started starting to read and i couldn't get very far in it but it's a real it's an bummer amazing, and that's what i've heard it's i heard also it's an amazing book yeah it's a it's a bummer though. <laughs> yeah, I've got my bookmark still in it at like page 50, but Anyway, so only the cottontail rabbit is known to make above-ground nests similar to those of hares. So most rabbits make little, I guess, warren. Well, I guess a warren. Isn't a warren just it's like a network of tunnels? It's a network of tunnels, yeah, Yeah, like a big neighborhood, I guess, for rabbits. Like an ant colony, but bigger. And (laughs) a lot more fluffy and nice. More cute (laughs) and won't sting you. Yes, ants suck. Okay, (laughs) so, uh, and then when you are looking, when you're thinking of a, a jackalope, you do a lot of times see them with deer antlers, but a lot of them, too, when they're little... See, and I've seen both. I've seen hares and I've seen bunnies or mm-hmm. rabbits with different kinds of horns or antlers. I feel like I usually... I, when I'm thinking of a jackalope, I'm thinking a hare because I'm thinking, like, a desert rabbit. Yeah. But not a ra- a hare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, like a desert-dwelling yeah. rabbit well, creature. are all from and, the same order, yeah. so... Yeah, I associate jackalopes with, like... Tumbleweeds and cacti. Yeah, and yeah. country stuff. Just out there in the dry Cow desert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me too. Uh-huh. Um, and in steak restaurants, apparently. Also, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. And. Pronghorn, So I've seen a lot of them portrayed with pronghorn antlers. And those are little fat ones with the little, they have the little spikes that kind of jut out of it. And then okay. when you think of like big antlers, like deer antler, you're thinking those are the ones that have the long, they're a lot longer and they've got them more more like, a, more like a rack. Like a rack yeah. and a lot more branches. So the pronghorns are littler and they kind of fit on a rabbit better. Yes. And I've seen both. And uh, the difference between... Pronghorn deer is that they're often called pronghorn antelope. They're indigenous to the North America to North America, but they're not actually antelopes. So okay. that's why it, it's all very confusing. I had a lot of yeah. Trouble. That's a weird way to call it. Um, so pronghorn deer or pronghorn antelope are indigenous North America, um, but they're not actually antelopes. When you are talking about an antelope, those are the old world species of Africa and Asia, like they're like, like the, the, the Lion Savannahs. King. Like think Lion yeah. King when More that whole the stampede. <laughs> those are no, those okay. were the. Those are water buffalo. But there were oh, antelope but they in, it. in There yeah. was that scene where they talk about eating the antelope. And then the antelope turned into the grass. And then they, you know, or no, yes. Sure. Circle of life. Um, <laughs> the circle of life. So, great. That was actually really good. <laughs> no, started strong, but. <laughs> um, anywho. Anywho. <laughs> so antelopes are the old world species, like. Africa, Asia, the okay. ones that have, uh, they, but they look very similar and, um, they fill a, se- a similar ecological niche. So that's when, or niche, I don't like the word niche. 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 niche or niche. <laughs> they evolved their herders. Yeah. Herders, grazers, and they Herd move in herds and. Herds yep. And- yep. Things eat them. Yep, cool. So that's a little bit of background information about what the two different species that make a jackalope are. So we have deer here and pronghorn deer, yeah, pronghorn it's... antelopes, which aren't antelopes; they're deer. Okay. And a difference too between their their antlers is that deer have antlers that are made out of bone and they're shed annually. And while pronghorns also have um, horns that shed, they have horns that are made out of both bones and keratin and so they shed that oh. sheath and so when you find when they shed them you're not finding a whole rack like you would with like an antler you're finding like you sometimes it's like a hollow sheath made out of keratin oh that's interesting it's kind of weird i remember you could like tap on them we would have them in our in our lab in mammalogy, and you tap on them they're hollow yeah kinda weird. that is interesting mm-hmm. we get antlers Uh, for our dogs sometimes to chew on. Yeah. And they're like naturally shed antlers. And they've got the marrow in there. done hmm She's a fan. (laughs) Yes. Um, You have to be careful with those because sometimes they can be a problem for their intestinal tract. Oh, that's good to know. I feel like yeah. she never makes much progress on them so yeah I'm the kind of friend that you don't really want to have if you're really into buying things for your dog because I'll tell you why it's dangerous why it's or gonna why kill them <laughs> why it's gonna kill them or why you shouldn't give that to your dog hey you would know <laughs> I do try to refrain. I don't work at an emergent like, a where we see emergencies quite as often anymore, so it's not as risky. That's nice. <laughs> but also, I will tell you everything that's wrong with any breed of dog that you want to talk about. Cool. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're welcome. So, anyway, <laughs> that's kind of what what a jackalope is. Um, there are actually a lot of different things about this animal, and they have been cited I mean, there's a huge history behind it. And so when we were talking about doing this animal, I was like, oh, this will be fun. It's kind of just a cutesy little animal. And I started reading about it and I was like, oh, there's a lot of information here. Really? Okay. There actually is. Yeah. So when, when did it first, like, appear? Um, so there have been stories and descriptions of animal hybrids since, uh, like, the early... 13th, Forever. 12th, 11th century, all those early centuries. I and feel like a lot of, like, very, very ancient legends are like, oh, yeah, it's got the head of a chicken and the beak of a eagle and the hands of a bear, and it's got boobs for some reason, <laughs> and also it has wings. <laughs> Look, that seems some like animals every- just really need boobs, okay? It's kind of a thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, in, in all different cultures, you'll see all different kinds of animal hybrids and... Uh, I especially enjoy the ones that have portmanteau names. so Uh I'm just going to throw that word in there. (laughs) Sprinkle that one in there. Um, So there are just different works in here in this wonderfully written Wikipedia article that Uh I'm looking at. um, They talk about a 13th century Persian work that depicts a rabbit with a single horn like a unicorn. Um, And that's a whole other branch of this is that there are different creatures that have evolved in different cultures when I say evolved sorry just... I, I went off for a second there because I was trying to think of a portmanteau name for a narwhal or a unicorn and a rabbit what well, do you want to know and what I, it's actually called the best called? one I came up with was a bunicorn well that is a thing <laughs> is well, it? isn't there I feel like I've heard that word before a bunicorn but because this was Persian and it was I guess, written in Arabic originally. It's different? not an English portmanteau. <laughs> it's not. I don't know what it stands for, but it is called an or al or al-miraj. al-miraj, which sounds like mirage. Kind of fancy sounding. It is. Al-miraj. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's something that's a mythical beast from Arabic poetry, and it's a lot like a jackrabbit just the persian version of it um and so that's one of the that's one of the animals that's similar to a jackalope in uh, another culture and they had been i mean there are pictures and depictions of this creature here i'll show you a picture um and it's real cute and that's dated back in the 13th oh, it century does. it has a unicorn horn it, that's exactly what it is And uh, there's also another one called, and you saw this one. I actually really like this one because I think it's really cute. Um, It's called a Wolpertinger. A Wolpertinger? (laughs) I I think probably it's Wolpertinger or something like that. Wolpertinger. Because it's German. (laughs) And I know that it's vul, like wolf <laughs> instead of vulper, but uh, this one has wings and it's got cute little fangs Ooh. and here it is uh, oh, that one's got a duck face. Uh, I don't really huh. like that very much. Uh, yeah, that's, that's like five up. different animals put together. Yeah, That's unsettling. So that's the German depiction and I think So is that, that like a vampire jackalope? It's got fangs? That one's got a lot more animals in it, kind of like what you were just uh-huh. talking about with the bear, you know, and whatever. No boobs though, <laughs> and then there's another animal. This one looks most like uh, a jackalope. It's called, I guess, *Lepus corn- cornutus* or c- *cornutus*. Cornutus. Uh, it's another type of horned hare, and that definitely looks like a jackalope in the picture. Yeah, and this is one that in the 16th, 17th, and 18th centuries was believed to exist, and uh, I believe that this one was uh, depicted in art in not America, different european okay so europe works so they have their own form of a jackalope fun and it was purported to actually exist so maybe it did Mm -hmm. well same with the jackalope and so Uh i'll talk a little bit about with the jackalope uh where that's seen um so it has lots of different tongue-in-cheek claims that have been embedded <laughs> in tall tales. And that's something that we're from Texas and there are a lot of tall tales in Texas. Yeah, tall tales are an extremely jackalope thing. And it's a lot of fun. Cause I do really like what's the one with the big blue ox? It's Paul Bunyan. One. Paul Bunyan. That's uh-huh. a great one. Um but jackalopes are said to be so dangerous that hunters are advised to wear stovepipes on their legs. Oh no! I didn't know they were dangerous. Yeah, they're actually considered to be really dangerous. Um, so that way they wouldn't be gored by. So they get you with the little horns. Apparently oh, they no. can. Oh mm-hmm. no. Um, and then there are places that sell jackalope milk. <laughs> um, but you know <laughs> the do New they York get Times. It? <laughs> Well, that's what, you know, especially them being such dangerous animals, the New York Times actually questions its authenticity on grounds that milking a jackalope is known to be fraught with risk. Yeah, no kidding. That is a quote. A direct (laughs) quote. You can't wear stovepipes on your arms and still milk one, especially when they're going to gore you. Indeed. Uh, One of the ways to catch a jackalope is to entice it with whiskey, because uh, jackalopes really, really, really like whiskey. Um, this is the most cowboy thing that's ever existed, and I love cowboy. it so far. <laughs> um, it is it is the beverage of choice. It's the beverage of choice. So, um, I don't know if they prefer it on the rocks or or <laughs> warm room temperature. But if you wanted to, I feel like if you're a wild animal, you can't be choosy with your liquor. Let's be real. But it does get really hot here, so maybe they would like it on ice. Mm-hmm. You might just put both out and see what they like better. Refreshing, yeah. And Give I, them options. Yeah, exactly. just leave the bottle. Um, Another thing, I think probably, and I imagine just cowboys sitting around the campfire um, and hearing a jackalope, because a jackalope can imitate the human voice, according to legend. What? Mm -hmm. Like a parrot? Yeah. So, uh, during the days of the Old West, when cowboys gathered by the fire singing at night. Oh, that's where I got that idea. I read it in Wikipedia. (laughs) jacks could be heard mimicking their voices. so how creepy would that be? That is extremely creepy and I don't like it. yeah sometimes they'd sing along too, but usually as a tenor so they have a deep, <laughs> they have a deep vo- a deeper voice. <laughs> I thought tenor was higher okay, maybe it is. I don't actually know I don't know. <laughs> It's so specific. We probably though. should know more things before doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we should in know more things generally. Well, here, let me just click on. That okay, link. I'm liking jackalopes less and less as I learn more about them. I thought of them as like very cute, and now I'm I'm scared of them. They're a little bit scary. <laughs> they also. Oh, I spilled too far. now I'm picturing the jackalope just singing with like a deep voice. So, have you ever seen the Three Amigos? please yeah. tell me you have that of is one of my course. favorite movies of all time and so you know when they're sitting around the campfire and they start to sing uh-huh. and they're playing he's playing the guitar and the animals start singing along and then ugh, i can't remember what animal it is it drives me nuts because i've seen this movie a million times but the horses are like bum, ba-dum, bum, ba-dum. and then <laughs> yeah. i think it's the turtle that has a really opens his mouth and it's like this really deep like <laughs> voice that's exactly what i picture when i think of i wonder this if there was a jackalope in that scene i would believe there was that would have fit. They would have. Uh-huh. We'll have, have to, go, to go, back go back and watch, and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I have it on DVD, so we can make a movie night out of it if you want it's to. Bad. Yes, <laughs> yes. It was my favorite, one of my favorite movies for I'm the sorry. listeners. I just did the dance. I, yeah, and it was great. And they do that <laughs> at the end. <laughs> it's a great movie. Jackalope, top five for sure. Martin Short, Steve, Steve Martin, Martin, Chevy Chase, classic. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I do like the idea of them singing though that's great, especially since it's like some kind of like creepy violent creature that likes to harmonize yeah, it's like a murderous <laughs> a tiny furry murderous creature that sings. I like it, uh-huh. You know, I might change my original answer here <laughs> about what kind of creature I'd want to be for a year. This is reminding me more and more of the Monty Python bunny. Is it the the one that, bunny? like the killer <laughs> bunny? Well, that reminds me of, did you ever read that book, Bunnicula? Where it was this... Yes! It was a... Vampire bunny. It, vampire bunny, but it would just suck all the juice and ca- like out of carrots and uh-huh. things. Mm. That was a great book. That's I don't classic. remember much about it other than that, though. Uh, and then the last little bit here, it said that Jackalope's they only breed during lightning flashes and that their antlers make the act difficult despite the hare's reputation for fertility. <laughs> so, um, they're like a little, little thrill-seeking. <laughs> can you I imagine that? I animal. I'm just picturing, like, darkness and then the lightning flash and in that it's split like, go, second, go, go. in that split second you see, like, the silhouette of the two rabbits just going at it as fast as they can. <laughs> but their little horns are bumping into each other. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Oh, boy. No wonder they're murderous. <laughs> I'd be frustrated, too. I mean, be yep, yep. Oh, that's a little bit too far. <laughs> bit much. Bit much. Um, but that's a lot of what, I mean, that's just kind of their general behavior then. And uh, terrifying. explain where this came from, where this whole idea of this came from, they were actually, they actually, the first taxidermied jackalope was a rabbit. Wait, maybe it was a hare. At this point, they're both the same thing in my brain, well, and I keep mixing them up. Yeah. I just gotta remember, I have a rabbit, so those are the ones. Real fluffy. I don't know, maybe I technically have a bunny. Yeah, but a jackrabbit is a term for a hare, right? It's very confusing. Get it together, naming people. Come, Come on. on. I know. So, when you're talking about where the, actually the first taxidermied jackalope came from, The original origin, or at least the North American version, um, is attributed to a hunting outing involving Douglas Herrick um, of Douglas, Wyoming, and his brother, who had both studied taxidermy. This is 1932. Um, They studied taxidermy by mail order as teenagers, so I don't know how that, I mean, I don't know what your practical skills are there, but... Were uh, they serial killers? (laughs) They... (laughs) Would not be surprised. I feel like if my teen is sent off for a mail-order taxidermy <laughs> kit, I would be extremely concerned. Like the weird thing is that when the brothers returned from a hunting trip for Jackrabbit, so it was a bunny. Okay. Or a, jackrabbit. No, hair. A hair. Let's just confuse everybody a little bit more. Yeah. Jackrabbit <laughs> is a, is a hare, not a rabbit regardless it was a jackrabbit so it was a hare um hare tossed a carcass into the taxidermy store where it came to rest beside a pair of deer antlers <laughs> so the first one was not a pronghorn antelope which is not an antelope sure <laughs> the very first one was actually a hare with deer antlers. with deer antlers um it sparked Herrick's idea for a jackalope and i don't know if that's necessarily if he just he was like that came up with the name Oh, it's they're... a good name. It definitely works better than, like, there's really no way to combine Jackrabbit and Deer. Jack Deer bit. Jackalope has a nice ring to it. Jackalope sounds very good. Mm-hmm. so You made a good choice. So, so does Volpertinger. <laughs> <laughs> Volpertinger. Oh, Volpertinger. That sounded Russian. <laughs> okay. uh <laughs> It's not my strong suit, it's accents. Okay. And I'm saying so again. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> They sold it to for ten dollars, which I think was probably a lot more money, worth a lot more back in nineteen thirty two. Probably. To Roy Ball and he displayed it in Douglas's Labonte Hotel. Labonte. Labonte, LeBant. Um it was stolen in nineteen seventy seven. Ah. Huh. Uh, but the jackalope became a popular local attraction in Douglas, where the Chamber of Commerce issued the jackalope hunting licenses to tourists. Ah, and there's a whole different thing about that too, where you have there there are restrictions on hunting, and their they're really really ridiculous restrictions about your IQ jackalope. level and things, which. Um, <laughs> so uh, the tags. Let's see here. So um, in Douglas, Wyoming, which you know it's funny because we talk about Wyoming. Nothing like I forget that it exists as a state. Yeah, I don't really know anything about Wyoming. You don't think about Wyoming, yeah, ever. I've definitely never been there. Not really 100% sure where it is, but it is there. the origin of the jackalope, it so is. it's important. It is very important. <laughs> now we know that there is some worth to Wyoming. I'm <laughs> sorry, wow. sick Wyoming. I'm sure I know it's really beautiful <laughs> up there. I think I think that movie, uh, Longmire, I think that's in Wyoming. I've heard of it, I've never when seen When I say it. movie, I mean Netflix TV show, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did I say movie? Yes. Okay, I meant a TV okay. show, which is about murder, solving crimes. Is Jeff Bridges in it? Uh, if I think I am thinking of who Jeff Bridges is, yes. Okay. Is he blonde? Chiseled jaw? N- n- I probably not. <laughs> He's uh, the Big Lebowski in Tron. Older guy, beard. Haven't seen the Big rigged. Lebowski in a really long time. Okay. Never saw Tron. You oh, the Neutron was good. Was it? Yeah. It looked good. It looked I mean, exciting. I don't know. I liked it. I liked the music and I think it, it looked, looked cool. it been a lot more fun to see in theaters than in... Yes, probably. Okay. Anyway. Okay, so if you ever wanted to hunt a jackalope, here are what the licenses require. Um, they're good for hunting during the official jackalope season, which occurs for only one day. June 31st. <laughs> okay. Um, which is non-existent. Not a day. <laughs> um, from midnight to 2 a.m. Um, the hunter must have an IQ greater than 50, but not... <laughs> Not higher than 72. Okay, this is important. Mm-hmm. So that's really excluding like very few then, people. That's oh! Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I actually don't know what's high as a IQ range. I think average is 100. Okay. Yeah. And like 140 would be really high? 140 is genius. Is that off. genius? Okay. Yeah. I would like to take an IQ test someday, like a legit one. Because they talk about that a lot with serial killers and murderers and stuff, what oh. their IQ is. And it's something that's very fascinating to me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be kind of... BS though. I <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I've it's heard not that actually a well. very good measure of intelligence. Yeah. But it is interesting mm-hmm. to think about murder wise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really into a true crime, y'all. I'm not a I'm not a murderer. Just like we'll, we'll see. Let's check your IQ. <laughs> okay. We'll get back on home. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, thousands of licenses actually have been issued. I don't know if they actually are just like taking into consideration like the iq thing or it's just a joke like here's my jackalope hunting license that's probably what i it is. want one yeah get it laminated keep it in your wallet mm-hmm. tell people you've been to wyoming <laughs> you can bust it out every time the legendary you're, land of wyoming yeah, when you're at parties and stuff sure then you'd be really popular it'd be a really cool <laughs> really cool party uh discussion we hunt jackalopes and snipes mm-hmm. Ooh, snipes we could do a snipes <laughs> i'm not really sure what a snipe is we're doing finger guns back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Herrick's hometown of Douglas there is an eight foot uh, statue of a jackalope. and Whoa. you can and there's you can actually well, this one That's doesn't big. have a saddle, but there is another picture I've seen of some somebody actually sitting on it. Oh my gosh, okay, I gotta visit Wyoming. That's actually a South Dakota. Oh my so gosh. there's one in South Dakota that you can ride, but this is the one in in Wyoming. Oh, it's really cute. It is really cute. And it that, looks like uh Regal kind of. Yeah, and it's a little bit uh Kinda of cartoony. Yeah, a little bit cartoony, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of cool. Uh, it's very cute. Are there people who believe that jackalopes are are real? Like, are there people that actually go out and hunt for jackalopes, aside from the touristy jokey hunting licenses? Well, I don't think so. Possibly, because there are rabbits in existence. Sure. Modern day. There are a lot of them that actually. do have bony like. Wait, what? Really? Really. Jade! Okay. You so, buried the leaf! <laughs> I wanted to uh, talk about this earlier, but you know what? I kind of did, did it. It was good. It was no, good. that was a good, it was good. That was a good so, reveal. So <laughs> when we're talking about whether or not this animal actually exists, and I just wanted to point out that when we've been doing this research, I've noticed that some of the things that we've been finding have been a little bit depressing. It's like, this is a cute, fun animal, but in reality, <laughs> this is why it exists, and it's really sad. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> but I found this really cool and you know how we talk about like cells and we've started talking we talk about genetics. And we've done a lot of those kinds of conversations like uh uh-huh, sciencey things like in our when we're actually <laughs> that I don't normal understand. conversations. Really freaking cool. So, um, the reason why they think that this creature has been involved in lots of folklore, and that there have been depictions of it. It wasn't necessarily something that was just created, and it's possible that the whole Douglas Herrick thing came just literally because of chance, and it just happened to be coincidental that you know hundreds of years ago there were other creatures that were depicted as such. Oh, okay, I don't know because I never none of these articles really told me that. Or maybe old Douglas had seen a picture of a looper tiner. Yeah, or an almirage, uh, or a, a lepuscan. Cornutus, because actually, it's the the lepus corn, cornutus is uh, probably the most realistic depiction of what these animals look like mm-hmm. in real life. If you were to actually see one, okay. So, what is what is with the real life ones? Um, Let's get an explanation of this. <laughs> So, they have found, um, let's see, let me go back. So, there was a scientist in the 1930s. um, He procured the horns of such a critter for testing. So, I guess this was around the same time. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, what they found out that these are actually not horns, they're tumors. Oh, no. So, um, Carl Zimmer, he wrote a book called A Planet of Viruses. This is, I guess, a 1930 era or It's That's a very decades. dramatic name. Yeah. I like a planet it. of viruses. Sounds like a sci-fi thing. I'm guessing it wasn't. No. Th- okay. He had a hunch that there was a virus that was causing bizarre growths on rabbits. So okay. here's the thing. There actually have been sightings of these animals with growths and horns and if you were a guest to catch a glimpse, I mean you don't ever even see rabbits that commonly in nature. Yeah, they're nature. Very fast. They don't really let you look at them. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine if somebody was watching or seeing one and it hopped away really fast but they saw something growing out of its head or its face yeah then it would definitely be something jackalope yeah well that's fascinating so poor bunnies does it hurt (laughs) okay well i'm gonna back up i'll explain exactly what okay i'm really concerned about these rabbits i know and it's kind of sad actually in a lot of cases um so the scientist had a hunch that the virus was causing the growth so he ground up the horns so, he was actually taking a real one caught from nature and not one that was taxidermied. Um, so, he maybe. Gro- <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Right. They do look really real, though, if uh-huh. you've seen them. Pretty legit. I like the idea of believing really that they legit. exist. Uh, like, as we picture them in taxidermy. Uh-huh. But in real life, alive and not dead and decapitated. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that taxidermy is really morbid if it's not a whole creature. It's pretty creepy. <laughs> So side, side see, I note. haven't seen any ones that are just the heads. I, I've only seen the full body ones. I've definitely seen a lot of the head okay. ones. Okay, yeah, and it, yeah, I don't think I'd want a head one. Yeah, I don't really like going to restaurants and seeing them. It's not very appetizing. No, I also don't eat meat, so that. I think that probably oh, yeah. is part of that uh, too. But they are. Side note: <laughs> What I was gonna say, I kind of got off track. Forgot what I was talking about my Oh, the guy, the guy that found the. Tumor bunnies. Yes, but I was going to do side note because we were talking about taxidermy. Oh, yeah. When I was at school in my mammology class, and we have – so Texas A&M, fun fact, actually has one of the largest collections of species. Um huh. And I cannot remember for the life of me what the name of this place is called, but it there is an actual building that I actually had to go to, and they have just rows and rows and rows of jars of uh, preserved snakes and lizards and frogs and fish, just all different species. They have the biggest collection of mammals and birds. There is a giraffe head taxidermy that is in that. It goes from, like, the head and, like, halfway down the neck. That's... Impressive and cool, but also really gross. <laughs> yes. So it's, and we have like all different species of birds and uh, a lot of mammals, mostly skulls, but then full taxidermied animals as well. And so that's where we had our labs for ornithology, which is birds, study of birds, and mammology, which is obviously the study of mammals. mammals. And those are two of my favorite labs because it was really cool, but we did touch dead animals. <laughs> the, whole, the whole entire time and look at them and identify them. And... I'm much more okay with like taxidermy and skulls than I am with the ones that are in the jars. I don't I don't like the jars. They that's also really gross. Smelled really weird. Yeah. I don't think they use formaldehyde as a preservative anymore because of just how toxic it is. I wanna say that a lot of them were just an alcohol, but I don't remember really uh. what they use. There's I think newer drugs or not drugs but <laughs> solutions that yeah. keep things longer and not as and don't deteriorate them as much or something. That's good because that's real gross. Yeah. It was it was a cool lab, but anyway. <laughs> so back to Carl Zimmer. Carl Zimmer and his tumor rabbits. And his tumor rabbits. He ground up the horns, uh, or tumors, whatever he thought they were, um, and made it into a solution and then filtered it so only the virus could get through. But he applied the theoretically virus-packed liquid to the heads of otherwise healthy rabbits. Oh, no. And sure enough, they grew horns as well. Oh, no. So he discovered that this cancer-causing, or tumor, cancer is just basically a term for tumors. tumors yeah. Um... They it was caused by the Chope papilloma papillomavirus, which is a strain that's related to the human papillomavirus or HPV. Oh. So HPV is a disease that corrupts the cell in the human cervix to build up cancerous tumors. Um in rabbits, the papillomavirus manifests as hard keratinized horns. Huh. And get vaccinated, everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I think I read, and I don't know exactly where I read it, but I know that the reason they become keratinized and they can form hard horn-like structures is that they're actually fusing together with the fur. It's like it it fuses the hair together, which is made out of keratin. Is that like, I know like rhino horns, I think, are made out of the same stuff as hair. Yes. So that's like an existing horn thing. Like that. Yeah. Um, so and rabbits shed a whole freaking heck of a lot. I know that. So. <laughs> do you ever ferminate her? No, she won't let us do oh, that. Oh, that's right. And she only sheds our rabbit bailey <laughs> she set, sheds seasonally so it's like twice a year She, it's just fur freaking everywhere and then the rest of the year she doesn't shed quite as much that's nice yeah i'm but finding it's... that out with my dog that i have not quite had for a year yet <laughs> she is the worst in a season huh? it hasn't, it hasn't <laughs> ended though it's been like an eight month long season that, i hate to break it to you <laughs> that's just kind of how our season works that might Texas. just be uh how she is that's true too um, but anyway, after
1: after, had,
0: after the the papilloma vi- virus had been uh, applied to the heads of these rabbits, and they found that they had formed these hard keratinized horns, uh, they were probably they put two and two together. The scientists mm-hmm. basically like, oh, okay, they were in fact seeing the ravages of carcinomas brought on vi- by viral infections. Um, these That's growths are isolated on the critter's head and face though not necessarily to the top of the skull. And so if you look at some pictures, you'll find that they kind of, a lot of times grow out of their mouths, oh. and they kind of look like weird horny tusk things. That sounds um, unpleasant. Afflicted rabbits can, in fact, grow them around their mouths and starve to death because they're not able to eat. Oh, no. I know. It, it turned really dark really fast. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> so if they just have them on the top of their head or someplace that's not their mouth, can they just survive it? Probably, but I would imagine that if it is something that continues to grow, it might be difficult for them to do normal things. Yeah. Because um, their ears, like, go back and down, so they could fit into, like, they might be not be able to fit into their holes and stuff. Yeah, or it could make them an easier target, it could be heavy, it mm-hmm. could weigh them down. It could, I mean, I think probably, too, if, I don't know if it goes through the skin, too, but it potentially could grow into their skull and stuff, oh I would gosh. I would think. <laughs> Poor bunnies. Jackalopes are not as fun as I thought they were gonna I know. Be. <laughs> and then I was thinking about that when we did Godzilla too. It was just like it's just great, awesome, funny and then lots of death and destruction because of atomic bomb. I guess most of the longest lasting and like most influential myths come out of something horrible. Because that's how we as humans deal with, yeah, horrible things. It's a coping mechanism. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's theorized that the papillomaviruses are so common and that they are in all different kinds of species because they can't necessarily jump from different species. um, But they think that it's because they first took up residence in a common ancestor um, and birds and mammals and reptiles some 300 million years ago. So So, we're all susceptible to it because we're all descended from the common ancestor that was susceptible to it. Interesting. If... You are a believer of evolution. I don't want to be controversial. <laughs> that's not controversial. <laughs> to some it's people. It's fine. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But science <laughs> it definitely explains a hell of a lot that otherwise is not explained. Uh-huh. So, that's interesting. <laughs> but but like current day human papillomavirus can't pass to rabbits, and the rabbit virus can't pass to humans, so it's sort of at some point branched off into the specializations, right? Yes. Okay. Viruses and bacteria, stuff like that in general, is like really creepy to me when I start thinking about it for more than like a cursory, like it's creepy that there's these organisms that have specifically changed and evolved to try and attack us in like yeah. very spef- specific ways, like the flu virus like changes every single year so that we're more susceptible to it. I I I think viruses are especially interesting in that viruses aspect. are freaky <laughs> and they're really terrifying because they're really hard to kill. If you, mm-hmm. in some cases, a lot of them are really difficult and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's why vaccinations Fun. are so freaking, like, interesting too, because you're basically just providing the body with the sources to build up its own immunity against the virus because after you contract it and you don't, and if your body can't fight it off, there's no other way to kill it because. Yeah, but if you survive it once, even if you're just surviving like. A killed form uh, of yeah. it. Or your antibodies can recognize that it's a danger in your body, then it can tag that true virus as something that it needs to get rid of. Human bodies are very impor- uh, impressive and cool. Yeah. Just down to the cellular Biology level, in general. How complicated cool. and complex everything is. And it works. It's insane. <laughs> Blows my mind. Blows my mind completely just to think about all that. So anyway, that was that was basically the depressing turn of, of <laughs> n- that, like, learning knowledge the that I got from this. The sad truth of the jackalope. Yeah. So... Um, the source that I'm getting this really, this is a pretty interesting article. Uh, Matt Simon wrote it, uh, for Wired Magazine, so there's my source there. Um, I also really like his, the way he wrote this, just some of, he used the term willy-nilly, which I love because I use that all the time. It's a good term. It is a good term. That he said, quote, and the answer to why these viruses are so widespread is actually far more interesting than if they could indeed just move from species to species (laughs) willy-nilly. But basically, he said too that the mythological jackalope is far from just silly myth making, and profitability for imaginative taxidermists across the American West. It is a great lesson in evolutionary biology. That is fascinating. It's really cool. And so I guess if we we're going to talk about pop culture and where it's it's everywhere, it's just yeah. Part of I feel it's like just it's, just one it's one mostly in like like in the culture, as in like stories that people tell, and like it's at. Texas Roadhouse and antique stores and stuff like that. I don't think I've seen jackalopes in many like movies or TV shows or stuff like that. I really haven't either. But But it is a familiar concept, at least to me. I wonder, do you think people outside of America know about jackalopes at all? That might like not even be a thing other places. I don't know. Somebody answer that question for us. Yeah, somebody that's not uh, in the U.S., let us know if jackalopes are yeah. a thing, or they're gonna tell us that duh, they're a thing, and we're just idiots for <laughs> well, assuming that. Well, I guess we that... know that they're a thing under a different name in Germany and Persia. Yeah, maybe those are more common. Just Could be. because we only know the cowboy one. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, I mean, it is often it is often uh, put into the same category as like Sasquatch or Bigfoot and Loch Ness monster, the elusive jackalope. Yes. Very, very interesting. I feel like I could probably talk a lot more about it. Um, we can Which just, is so impressive, because we thought this was going to be a shorter episode, because we were like, okay, so we've done Godzilla. There was, like, a ton on Godzilla. We've done the Loch Ness Monster. That's, like, a huge topic. But so we, we actually, can do something we shorter this week. We haven't for real done the Loch Ness Monster, though. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, that was our lost episode.
1: The that you will never episode. hear.
0: We will redo the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> At some point, yes. We were really just testing things out, and the phoenix was also a big one but yeah we thought this was going to be like a short topic but it's already been an hour so relatively (laughs) short though well yeah relatively short. I'm trying to see if there are anything that are, that I'm missing pop culture wise, which I'm sure there are. I know. And I brought this up last week when we decided we were going to, not last week, two weeks ago. I keep on, I keep on calling it like the beast of the week and stuff like that. We're actually releasing every other week in case y'all haven't noticed a pattern yet. So I'm aiming for every other Friday for a release date. FYI. But yeah, um, when we decided we were going to do the Jackalope this week, I mentioned that I know that there was a you know, the little animated shorts that are before like Pixar movies. Ooh. And I don't remember which Pixar movie it was ahead of, but there was one. Yeah. Yeah. There was one where it was like a kindly old jackalope in the old West and he was giving advice to some other old Westy creature and I forgot to look it up and find it, but it was very cute. And that's sort of how I thought of jackalopes. And that's why I thought they were nice. I think there are a lot of different characters for them. Oh, it's it's called Boundin. It's a Pixar oh, yeah. short movie. And here it is. It's only four minutes long. Yeah, because he, like, jumps. And he's really fat. What movie was it in front of, does it say? Um, Before The Incredibles. Oh, okay. That makes sense because I love The Incredibles. I don't think I ever saw The Incredibles in theater. So. Oh, yeah, and it's a little song. This is great. Oh, and the sheep. This is great radio, but I'm just remembering this now. <laughs> we could probably cut some of this out. Yeah. Something that I think about with a lot of these creatures, and I think they do this a lot with creatures that are, like, cryptids whenever they portray them in cartoons, is that they're usually sad because people don't believe they exist. (laughs) I feel like I'd be sad, too, if people didn't believe I existed. But then why why would you not, like, show yourself, then, if you're sad about it? I guess that's the next level of, like, believe in yourself. Or wanting people to believe in you. Is like, literally, please believe in me. (laughs) Because I exist. But then do these animals even have these feelings because they're animals? It's a good question. Because they may or may not exist. So we just watched the jackalope short that was the Pixar thing. It's called Boundin, and I would recommend looking it up. It's like four minutes long, and it's very cute. It is really cute. It's about a sheep that's sad, and then a jackalope comes and makes the sheep feel better. And see, this is why I thought jackalopes were nice, because it was a nice jackalope. Mm -hmm. And that jackalope did not... (laughs) gore anyone with its words. All of the things that I read about the other animals that were gi- like jackalopes, but not jackalopes, you know, just the the Persian version, and the Persian version, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all of the other creatures that have they they've been talked about that are similar to the jackalope, they all also have, ho- like, horrible, like, they're scary like that. Oh, no, okay. We may just do other episodes about I don't that. know if there's enough material. We'll have to find Probably out. Probably not. <laughs> but do supplemental segments. We could do little like on. mini episodes if we ever feel like it. Yeah, and just We can do anything we want. We this really is can. our show. That's kind of good. <laughs> well, I feel like I learned a lot about Jack Lopes. Yeah. Which is sort of like I learned a lot about my own culture. Yeah. So thanks Jade yeah, for you're educating welcome. me. Welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the rest of our Sorry. Whoa, Nessie community. Sorry, I didn't do a little bit more research, and I. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't do any. <laughs> <laughs> well, ill prepared for that, but uh, it was still really interesting to read about. Yeah, and okay, so we usually do. Okay, would you want to be friends first of all with a jackalope? I'm gonna go ahead and say no, because those suckers are terrifying. Well, here's the thing: Are we talking about the depicted, like the cute one with the real antlers, or are we talking about the one with the weird growth side of its face? That's true. I would be totally fine with being friends with a poor cancer bunny because that's just a bunny and bunnies are Well, they don't like humans very much, but they're cute and nice. So, and they don't bite. <laughs> right. If we're talking about the actual jackalope that has all of the different attributes to it like and lurks in the shadows imitating human singing. <laughs> yeah, and who they have a affinity for goring, then no. Yeah, maybe I'm going to say no, I don't really want to have that as a thing in my life. But if we're talking about, you know, a, a bunny that has tumors growing out of its face, and as long as I can't contract that disease, yes, I would assist the bunny, and it would be my friend. <laughs> yeah, I would feel I would, I would have a, a heart for it for sure. So then that kind of begs the question: like, would, are they real? And I that's guess that's, true. Yeah. Do you believe is. The last classic question, which is kind of complicated with this one because we know an actual extant explanation. It is kind of an interesting predicament. But you know what I think? I think that it's possible that both exist. Well, okay, obviously one of them does exist. It is a real thing. (laughs) Yeah, we know that the poor poor sick bunnies exist. Because of science. So that is established. Yeah. Um But the legendary the Jackalope of legend that could also be a real thing. And maybe. Just maybe. If they're able to imitate human voices, they also have some kind of um, humanistic ability to preserve their own species and their own kind from being hunted by introducing a sort of scapegoat for their existence. What if the poor cancer bunnies are just the product of a jackalope crossed with a regular bunny? That doesn't make a lot of sense, but <laughs> but I see where you're going theory with that. that it's out there now. <laughs> it is, and it is a good theory. Uh-huh. That I don't know how would benefit <laughs> anyone any, anything. <laughs> but I like where you're going with it. I do. Thanks. I'm throwing stuff out there. No, I've got good. ideas. You do. Yeah. I feel like the big old like if you've ever been to like the desert or like the plains. Even nowadays, like, there's nothing out there in large swaths of land in, like, southwestern U.S., and it's, like, unpleasant out there, and it's not like people are just, like, hanging out in the wilderness all the time. So it seems pretty likely that a species, a skittish species of some sort, could just stay mostly out of people's sight. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised I didn't find more about any kind of animal like this in Australia. Because Australia... That feels very Australian. ...has a rabbit problem. And also, jackalopes are vicious, as is frickin' everything in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel unsafe there in that okay, aspect. Okay, that's good. Except there is that snake. I think it's called the brown. a brown... I don't know. Apparently, part of my group that I was with saw one, but... Oh, who knows what they are All the snakes are really dangerous and then all the insects are really dangerous and then there was that sign and it was for some kind of wasp and I can't remember what kind of wasp it was but it was a warning sign when we were out in one of the the, like the parks that we were out and doing we were hiking in and stuff and really we didn't see any animals except for just the kangaroos and stuff that just lived out there that weren't afraid of people they're just basically like giant versions of squirrels. (laughs) Yeah, where they nice. came really close and they there was a sign and I remember it saying like get stung once I think it was like apply ice or first date or whatever get stung twice or more than once or something like that it went from being like oh okay you'll probably be okay to seek help immediately oh dear <laughs> and I was like that's terrifying okay so that was one thing that we did see but I ended up not seeing anything that I felt was truly dangerous well that's good but if Yeah, but if rabbits were to be anywhere, jackalops jackalopes were to be anywhere, and they were to be vicious, dangerous creatures out in some kind of, like, arid, deserty-type land, I would think that Australia would be the place. Totally feels like an outback creature. I think so. Darwin. This whole conversation is really making me want to attempt an Australian accent, but I have enough restraint, and I feel like this is a sign of maturity on my part, that I've finally developed enough restraint that I'm not even going to try. I practice sometimes, (laughs) because I listen to... A case file, and the guy is Australian, and he has a very soothing, nice Australian accent. They can be very soothing. And he's talking specifically about murder cases, which is, you famously soothing. Right. (laughs) I really enjoy it though, and I like that accent a lot. So I do. Okay. Yeah. I'm practicing in my car, (laughs) but I don't want to offend anybody, so I'm (laughs) I'm also showing restraint right now. It was what we were talking about well our friends oh yeah do we believe so i feel like our (laughs) our yes and no what is the word i'm looking for our conclusion but that wasn't the whatever so i feel like we're we're saying possibly for the jackalope of legend and like for sure for the poor sick cancer bunnies yeah unfortunately i wonder how prevalent that is yeah i don't know it can't be super common because i feel like i would have heard of that before right and i was kind of surprised too that it isn't more common knowledge and it might be the sort of thing that just has outbreaks in like isolated populations every once in a while my parents neighborhood they have a ton of cottontail rabbits so if you're there in like the evening or the early morning at certain times of times of year and you like look down their street which is a very suburban not country street you can see like Five or six bunnies. (laughs) That's cool. I like seeing bunnies. They're very cute. I like seeing bunnies in suburban, urban areas. Mm -hmm. It makes me kind of sad because bunnies shouldn't be in those kinds of areas, but, They seem to be doing fine. Yeah. They're definitely... They learn to adapt. They've got a large population. Oh, and I know (laughs) we rescued our rabbit from a rescue organization in the area, and I follow them on Facebook still, so I know that, FYI, if you find uh, little cottontail kits out in the wild, and they're, like, in some sort of a, if they're above nest. ground, then that probably means that they're in their nest, if they're concealed behind, like, a bush or something. Okay. Because a lot of people will see them and be like, oh, rabbits live underground, I should save these rabbits. Mm. But then they're actually taking them out of their nest and away from their parent And that's bad. So if you see rabbits that aren't in obvious danger, leave Leave them them. alone. Because they're probably fine. I think that's true for most animals that you find. Yeah. Because birds will still take care of birds if they're close enough to their nest. The mama bird will take care of the young bird Mm -hmm. if it falls out of the nest. Oh, and the thing about touching them. um, Birds or rabbits? touching birds. That's not true. Yeah, that's not actually true because mm-hmm. people say if you touch them and put them back in the nest then They'll the mom be rejected. will reject it. That's not true. Yeah, birds don't have that good of a sense of smell apparently. Yeah, so if they're down on the ground and you've got like a dog or something you can totally put it back in the nest and they're yeah. be fine. Yeah, move them out of the way. Same with kittens. You're supposed to leave kittens even if they look like they're abandoned uh, as long as they're not in any kind of immediate danger. A lot of times the mom is going to be still taking care of them. They've got to go, you know, hunt or do whatever mm-hmm. cats do to find food in the wild. Gotta do their cat <laughs> <things>. <laughs> But it isn't it also isn't a bad idea to work with your local r- rescue or shelter and uh, find out if there's a TNR trap neuter release program in the area yes. to avoid overpopulation of cats in your area. My mom did that. There is a stray cat that she was feeding for a while and she got a trap and trapped him and they neutered him and then released him and he doesn't hate her and still comes around so (laughs) and for all (laughs) he's glad about that that's cool and that's good because then i think also female cats can be really annoying in heat in your neighborhood and male cats can also create problems in the neighborhood as well so uh and just a fun fact if you see a cat with an ear that's nipped or cut or tipped that's that's a sign that they've been neutered i've heard this yes so that's a smart yeah. <laughs> yeah, spay and neuter your pets, y'all. Anyways, that's our PSA for the week. <laughs> we should do a little animal PSA. I would like that. We should. That would be fun. Get in my little soapbox every now and then. Yeah. Well, just a little, just not a big one, just a little little, little mini, mini soapbox. Yeah, a little, yeah. little mini thing that I feel very passionate about. <laughs> I feel like it'll probably come up organically as it did this week. Yeah. You did. Since we're talking about creatures. Exactly. So, what's the next thing that we need to talk about? Oh, sorry. About? I'll scroll down, on, scroll down on my show notes. Wait. Too far. Too far. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So, that's it. <laughs> that's our episode for this week. That was Jackalopes. Tell us if you like hearing lots of facts, or you kind of like hearing us just discuss the things we like to think about, or both, or... That's true. General feedback would be helpful, because we are just sort of... Figuring, figuring out what the show is gonna be and so if you especially like something you want to hear more of it or you like really really are annoyed by something guess let us know okay except don't be mean also well okay let us know in a nice way uh and also just know that we're Jay's not jade's delicate i am very <laughs> sensitive uh, we also will take everything into consideration but also yeah we no may... promises because we're like in charge of this <laughs> so we're gonna do what we want exactly yeah yeah, so follow us. We Oh, I never made the announcement of our official Instagram. I have been oh, trying yeah. to put it out there a little bit, and we put it on the Twitter, but we have an Instagram. It's at Wonessie, just like mm-hmm. our Twitter is. Yeah, Twitter, also at Wonessie. And, of course, our Gmail is WonessiePod at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I would definitely recommend following that Instagram, because Jade put up some very fun things for the Godzilla week. I'm trying. Uh, yeah, that was, like, the, like, diagram of all his internal organs. That was fun. So, cool. good content. Yes, and I'm going to try to post a lot of the things that we are talking about that you can't see. Yes, and uh, also there are just some really funny depictions of a lot of different creatures, <laughs> <I> and just <laughs> post what we feel like. So this real bad creature. Right? Yes, yeah. yeah. I'm still figuring out Twitter, so Twitter is not my forte, but I can do some Instagramming at least. Yeah, Twitter is mostly Amelia. Instagram is mostly Jade. Yes if you're wondering who you're talking to with our accounts yeah (laughs) um so yeah we are part of the not staff for work podcast network um so there are a lot of other good shows there so you can either follow our individual feeds or you can follow the not staff for works network feed which has our show along with our buddy shows queerly there uh the lasso and the intergalactic express and i think that we're going to get a couple more shows at some point too Ooh, that sounds exciting yeah so definitely check those out i really enjoyed all of them they're yes we're part of we're in good company i haven't listened to the lasso yet though because i haven't watched the movie yet i'm sorry you still haven't seen them i didn't want any spoilers jade well first of all (laughs) (laughs) the lasso is a wonder woman first by the way first of all Somebody was supposed to go to that movie with me. Okay, now that's fair. <laughs> uh and then I just we don't go to movies. I'll go see often. it again. <laughs> I'm one of those people that I don't I don't see a lot of movies unless somebody's like, "We're going to this movie now." Mm-hmm. Even when I really want to. It's expensive. See it. Movies yeah. are pricey now. I won movie free movie tickets from the radio and they expired on July 31st. <gasps> oh, it's, i still have time. Yeah, it's definitely not July 31st. I was thinking it was. Go see a movie, dude. Maybe I will. Yeah. I deleted the email, but I think I can go back and find it. Totally. Oh no. That's exciting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was really trying to win concert tickets, but I didn't. Hey, I always take free movie tickets. That's legit. Yeah. Um anyways. Oh yeah, subscribe to us. <laughs> <laughs> Rate, re- <laughs> review, subscribe. Yes. We're That'll on get us iTunes, out there. we're on Stitcher. So, we're we're out there if you want to subscribe to us. And again, there's the network feed or there is our individual feed. All right. Both are good ways to get to our content. Did you get all that? Is that it? Should we give you enough information? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We're really uh, we're having fun with this. So Yay. Hope you like it. Adios. Don't get gored by a jackal. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Where the where's some stove pipes when you go yeah. out there, when you go out there? Wear your protective gear? <laughs> I'm Jade. I'm Illy Wow. <laughs> I'm Amelia. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who are you? But I was, that was impressive actually. So <laughs> I keep saying so because I'm trying to like not, so <laughs> I'm not trying to. Oh yeah, I need to watch my far. likes on this episode. It's all right. I say like, like a lot. <laughs> or we could just, you know, make this sort of a drinking game for people if you want. Oh, that's true. Every time I say so, and every time Amy says like, take a drink. That sounds unsafe. (laughs) We've been really, really like doing that a lot. And I just said like again. I'm going to try not to say so.